everyone. It's great to see you all. This joyous day that the Lord has blessed us with and to His glory. And for those of you joining us on our live stream this morning, we thank you for being with us as well. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I remember driver's ed. I'm going to make a point here. <laughs> I remember driver's ed. And you know why I remember driver's ed? Because when I was learning how to drive, I had a problem. And you know what that was? When I was driving the car, and you all know this, right? But when I was driving the car, I was looking at the hood of the car, right over the car on the road. I don't know why I was doing that. I really have the faintest idea. I suspect probably because I've never driven before and I didn't know what I was doing. And my instructor kept saying to me, the gentleman who was sitting to, uh, to the passenger seat, he kept saying to me, no, no, Dean, you have to look down the road. You have to look down the road. You have to be looking ahead of the car. You can't be looking right in front of the car because if you keep looking right in front of the car, you're either going to veer off and hit something Right? You're going to lose your way, you're going to hit something, right? You're going to hit the car that's in front of you. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. So I learned the driver's ed that you always had to look ahead of the car, right? So why do, I, why do I share that little analogy with you this morning? Because today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we celebrate on the Sunday after the Feast of the Ascension, we celebrate the Holy Fathers of the First and Second Ecumenical so this, this, this feast always takes place on the Sunday after the Feast of the Ascension, which always falls on the Thursday after the 40 days of Easter. Why, is, why are the Holy Fathers of the First and Second Ecumenical Council important? Remember, the First and the Seventh Ecumenical Councils met for what purpose? To guard the church against heresy, right? And do you remember the name of the heresy that was circulating at that time? Remember what it's called? Arianism. Arianism. Good job. That's exactly right. Arianism. That's exactly right. Arianism. And Arius was a priest from Alexandria. And Arius taught that Jesus was not fully God. Remember, we believe that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. God. He's not 50-50. He's not 50% man and 75% God. We believe that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. And Arius challenged that teaching. Arius said, that's, no, that's not true. Jesus is a superhuman being. He may be a great, great teacher, but he's not fully God. And that, my brothers and sisters in Christ, was a dangerous teaching. Because what that would mean is that, of course, we wouldn't have salvation in Jesus Christ. But we know that our salvation is, is in Christ because he was crucified on the cross and he rose from the dead. So the church called the first and second ecumenical councils to safeguard the church from this heresy called Arianism, right? To not create new dogma or new doctrine, but to safeguard the dogma and the doctrine that was there from day one. And that is Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is 100% man. And 100%. Now, remember I gave you the car analogy? And we have to look a little bit past the car as we're driving the car so that we can keep the car on the road in the direction we're going. 
The Holy Fathers of the First and Second Ecumenical Councils, through their findings, help us do that. Help us seek, look past the hood of the car, so to speak, if I can use that analogy. So what does that look like? How does that translate into my life and your life? What does that look like so that we can be clear in what we're saying here? In today's gospel lesson, my brothers and sisters in Christ, in today's gospel lesson, what was the first, this beautiful prayer of Christ that he gave right before his crucifixion, this beautiful priestly prayer. Remember the first few lines? Right? This is what I want. I want them to have eternal life. And how do they have eternal life? That they may know me and you, Father, who sent. How do we have eternal life? To know Jesus Christ. To have a personal, dynamic relationship with Him. That's how we keep looking ahead of the car and keeping our life and our track, our road in life, in the right direction. St. Athanasius, the great, wrote this, and I quote from his writings, he says, For what use is existence to the creature if he cannot know his master? How can men be reasonable beings if they had no knowledge of the word and reason of the Father through whom they have received their being? They would be no better than the beasts had they no knowledge except of earthly things. Why should God have made them at all if he had not intended them to know God wants us to know him, my brothers and sisters in Christ, in a deep, personal way. So I'm going to give you three ways in order that you and I, that we can make that happen in our lives. And I want you to really think about these things in your own life and how they translate and manifest themselves in your life, okay? The first is this. We simply cannot know God without purity of heart. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. One cannot come to know God without inner purity, which is born of daily repentance. None of us are perfect, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. None of us are perfect. But we can all repent. <laughs> we can all repent of our sins. We can make repentance an important part of our life. We can make confession an important part of our life. And as we repent on a daily basis, we make confession an important part of our life, an important part of our journey, an important part of our journey. We get to know God in a deeper way, deeper than we've ever known him before. Something to think about, something to think about, especially when it comes to confession, since so many of us don't participate in that beautiful sound. So the first is, we cannot, we simply cannot know God without purity of heart and walking the journey of repentance and confession. The second in addition to purity of heart, we cannot know God without the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapters 12, he says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit of God. The elder Stephen of Mount Athos, who died in 1938, right, 
wrote on the Holy Spirit the following, and I quote from his writings, he says, We may study as much as we want, but we shall still not come to know the Lord unless we live according to his commandments. For the Lord is not made through the learning, the power and grace of the Holy Spirit. Many philosophers and scholars have arrived at a belief in the existence of God, but they have not come to know Him. They believe in God as one thing, to know God is another. Both in heaven and on earth, the Lord is made known only through the Holy Spirit and not through ordinary learning. Now, I think to be fair to Elder Siloan of Mount Athos, I think it's important to learn about the faith, <laughs> right? It's important to learn about the faith, it's important to know about the faith, but it cannot stop there. It cannot stop there. You must receive the power and grace of the Holy Spirit in my life and in your life if we're going to truly know God and who He is. And how do we do that? And this is the third and final point, very simple. We do that through prayer. Prayer is key. Prayer in the morning. And why prayer in the morning again? Because that sets, that sets the tenure for the whole day. You spend time in prayer in the morning, and the whole day looks different. So prayer, receiving the Holy Spirit through prayer, the reception of the Eucharist, and through repentance, my brothers in Christ, we walk that journey, we will get to know God on a much deeper, deeper level. And why is that important? Because that is where we will find eternal life and our salvation in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you a question now. This is something I want you to really think about throughout this week and as you're walking your journey. You don't have to answer out loud. These questions are personal. But I want you to think about this. How is your prayer life? Do you have a prayer life? How is your prayer life? If you have one, great. If you don't have one, what can you do to establish one in the morning hours when you get up? Second question. Do you come to confession? Do you come to confession? If not, why? Is there shame involved? Perhaps you feel like you've not done anything wrong that you need to come to confess. That's okay. Come anyway. Because just like we go to doctors once a year for physical checkups, we go to confession at least once a year for that spiritual checkup, which is just as important. Do we receive the power and grace of the Holy Spirit through the regular reception of the Eucharist through prayer? Something to think about, my brothers and sisters in Christ, as we're walking our journey of life. And I share this with you. Not in any way to make you feel bad if you're not doing any of these things. But because I love you. And I care for you. And I've said it once, and I'll say it again. What I want more than anything else in the end is for all of us to be in the kingdom of God together. So there's no shame. There's no shame. Looking ahead of the car. Looking forward. Right? As we're driving the car, as we're living our life, as we're walking our journey, to look forward, right? So that we all be moving in the same direction together, and that is the direction of salvation in Jesus Christ. Finally, I leave you with the story and one other item to think about. 
So there was a certain mother who would take her child, he was a young child, swimming once a week for swimming lessons. And the boy was really hesitant to get into the water. He did not want to get into the water. He was afraid of getting into the water. And his mom said to him, why are you afraid? He goes, because I'm scared of the water. And the mother said to the boy, well, you know the lifeguard. The lifeguard is here. If you get into trouble, the lifeguard is here to help you. Don't worry. The little boy, very wisely, looked at his mother and he said, yeah, but I don't know the lifeguard. <laughs> so what does the mother do? The mother takes the little boy to the lifeguard, introduces the boy to the lifeguard. The lifeguard has a conversation with the little boy, and somehow that gave the little boy the security he needed to swim. Step outside of the circle of fear. The point is, my brothers and sisters Christ, that there are people who hesitate to turn to Jesus Christ because they just don't know him. If they did, they would trust him with their lives. I, you, we would trust Jesus Christ with our lives. They would find in Christ's life's greatest peace and security. They would be able to say along with the Apostle John, we heard from today's gospel, this is life, as Jesus said, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. May our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ bless us all and keep us in this kingdom.